0: Hi, I'm Tim Martin. I'm the founder of iCraft and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And
1: now, Paul the App Guy. Welcome to the App Guy Podcast. It's Paul Kemp. So I've got a great chat coming up, and it's ages, ages. I mean, we're talking about several hundred episodes since I've had a chat about onboarding the importance of onboarding and if you go back to my archives and look up my chat uh, about user onboarding then you, you know it was a great episode but it's been a while and i wanted to revisit uh, this but not from a simple user onboarding but from the perspective of a growth hack uh, i've got a really interesting founder who's doing some amazing things with uh, increasing downloads through the user journey and Uh, like hacking the whole user journey uh, and split testing and doing all these great growth hacks that then enable you to get more downloads for your app uh, through the user journey, through the fact that users are sharing their experience and sharing the app much more than they would do, Uh, you know, because we always focused on the top down kind of throwing users down the funnel. And, uh, you know, that's good, but there's got to be various um, ways to extract growth from the user journey. And so it's a a fascinating chat. I think it's going to really open your eyes if you're an app entrepreneur, if you're uh, I've got your own app or if you're thinking about launching an app, then this is going to be a great episode for you. Do stay tuned. But first, let me just thank my two sponsors, Toptal. Toptal is a marketplace for the top developers and top designers. So to get a no-risk trial period of up to two weeks with the top 3% of developers and designers in the world, visit toptal.com forward slash pool toptal.com forward slash pool. And thank you to TopTal for supporting this episode. GummyCube. GummyCube are dedicated to helping your mobile app find its audience. So for the world's best app store optimization and pulling data that you need from the app stores, then go to GummyCube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, GummyCube.com. Hey, thanks GummyCube for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get into the episode with Logan Estop-Hall, the founder of Rebel Hack. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. So this is the show where we go and uh, find some really interesting founders and uh, anyone that can help us out as app entrepreneurs, as startup founders, working on our own. So do stay tuned for this episode. I've got uh, someone who uh, I love this uh, name of uh, Rebel Hack. I've got the co-founder of Rebel Hack. He's turning startups into grown-ups, and uh, he's here to join us and talk. Uh, about his journey with Rebel our Hack and what he does, and how he got involved with it. So, uh, Logan Estop Hall, welcome to the App Guy Podcast.
0: Hello, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm privileged and honoured to be part of the show. Uh, very excited. It,
1: uh, we're privileged to have you. I mean, first, <laughs> when did you get where did you get the name Rebel Hacks? Because it is so cool. It's got like hacks, which is uh, I love hacks, and, and Rebel, two of my favourite words.
0: I think it came about very, very naturally that we are at this end we're we're a bunch of we're a bunch of geeks we're a bunch of rebels uh you know we we employ hackers ultimately at this end developers hackers we we employ people that think very very differently um and we knew that that was what we were going to do so i think that the word rebel to us is you know this concept of uh people that like to live outside the status quo and that that definitely is um i mean it's certainly my life. I've, um, haven't, you know, I've been naughty throughout my entire career, I suppose. And so I think, I think that rebel was, uh, was, was, you know, pretty much the forefront and then trying to figure out what that second word, you know, would be. And, um, uh, hack, as I say, we knew that, you know, we were going to be in and around, uh, product hacking, growth hacking. Uh, and so the term hack came, um, came very, very easily. And just together rebel hack, was uh just a fantastic brand name for us to for us to go after interestingly the business is actually called rebel hack studios we we view ourselves as, as sort of um as a studio business i we have several organizations under one roof um and so again this this idea of uh a loose um, decentralized organization with lots of people that think very very creatively they think outside the box they're trying to find ways to do things that that don't exist or that they you know exploiting ways that um to grow businesses that that um you know perhaps you um wouldn't think about normally so yeah the the rebel hack for us was was a pretty natural um name and i'm pretty sure it came probably after a couple of beers in the pub here in london so um yeah that's, right. that's how uh, we
1: got that. Uh, <laughs> and actually, interestingly, I should mention that I, I, um, if anyone is struggling with a name, they should go to my sponsor, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, because um, uh, you're right to say that don't spend a lot of time upfront with the name. Uh, and so let's um, talk about what you do then and how you can help um, the appster tribe listening to this show. Uh, what is it? How, how do you turn startups to grownups?
0: <laughs> So, yeah, the, the concept of turning startups into grown-ups is an interesting one. I think. So, w- what what does Rebel Hack do? Um, Rebel Hack is we're, we're a growth marketing agency. So we help we help businesses uh, find and build sustainable channels for growth. Um, but I think that what we're what we're really beginning to understand at this end is that actually what we do is we help we help businesses learn very very quickly, um, and we do that through incredibly aggressive experimentation, um, and you know we work with um, sort of uh, sort of uh, desktop software products. We also work with mobile applications or mobile responsive sites as well, and so we have um, a broad range of uh, tactics ultimately that that we uh, either would like to try or that we have tried previously, um, and we we go and we experiment. Sort of either in product or off product to find ways to to help uh, products grow, um, and it's a fascinating space. Most of what we do is very very data driven, um, and if you, I mentioned earlier, we we are we're called Rebel Hack Studios. The other part of the business is uh, we we sort of build data products, and the data products then help Rebel Hack uh, go and do their job better. So for us, it's very much around um, analyzing the data, identifying. Uh, which bits of the user journey are broken, which bits of the user journey are, are bottlenecks ultimately. And then we, as a team, we turn our entire focus onto that to that one sort of piece of the funnel and we roll out a lot of experiments. Some of them are wild, some of them are crazy, uh, and some of them are, are more standard. And yeah, we, we kind of unlock growth uh, for businesses. And I suppose ultimately the aim is is to, to build... Um, these sustainable growth engines so that businesses know for example if we're talking about a lead acquisition or, or app downloads or anything like this that we can we can put a cost next to this channel drives um, an app download for one pound or alternatively we step inside the product and we might look at uh, testing referral mechanisms um, and it's it's just it's a very very holistic approach to growth you know we we're not it's not just about putting more traffic in the top. Uh, it's really about curating a, a brilliant user journey all the way from the top through to the bottom um, so that ultimately you can share it with your friends. I mean, that's the that's the ultimate uh, goal for, for all apps, right, where you have your your, your viral coefficient, as they say, you share it with your friends. Ultimately, if you can get one download, one user, can then share it with five of their friends, go live on a beach, you never have to think about marketing or growth ever again, uh, away you go. So, yeah, for, for us, it's it's aggressive data-led experimentation um, that um, delivers growth holistically for, for uh, mobile apps and, and products alike.
1: And I'm loving this already. I bet 99% of the uh, apps to try listening do not do all this stuff. And um, we get so obsessed with, uh, like, attracting downloads as our only goal. Uh, and, like, for example, I, I just, uh, I'm off the back of a few successful app launches and, You've made me really open my eyes to the whole user journey. Is do you find that when you speak with most uh, founders, startups that they are obsessed with installs, downloads, and they you, you keep you kind of need to educate them with this whole user journey.
0: <laughs> Definitely, yeah, absolutely. We oddly, I find a lot of what we do is around education, um, and I I think that founders are. Um, what would be the word they are totally preoccupied with vanity metrics i think that there is within the technology business i think there seems to be this infatuation with uh, raising a round of finance um and they people or entrepreneurs um seem to think that you know if you could go to um you could go to an investor and say you know we've got a million downloads but that's kind of a surefire way to um to 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 raise funding okay you know it's not a bad place to start don't get me wrong but but i think that what's important is to uh craft a user journey um that works right there's no point having a million downloads if on the first page of your app everybody then bounces and never returns to the product because they don't understand it so a lot of what we do is um uh, kind of in product UX work uh, a lot of conversion rate optimization um, you know we employ um, for example one of our team she's a fantastic um, psychology graduate she's very very interested in decision making and she focuses on uh, using user experience to drive growth through a product and ultimately if, if the product is great um, and I've heard other speakers who you've interviewed kind of they talk about you know get the one user make them happy get the ten users make them happy. We're it's it's not of a it's a similar vein, right? We're, what we're saying is if the product works and it delivers value, then it it will you can then place mechanisms for growth into the product, i.e. sharing or um, sort of driving other referral mecha- mechanisms through the product. So absolutely, for your listeners don't don't become obsessed with downloads because you can you can pay a lot of money you can get a lot of downloads um where you should really be focusing is um identifying the bottleneck the bottleneck might be downloads you might have an amazing app but you haven't found a way to get that into the right channels so actually you know on some occasions traffic acquisition and and download acquisition is 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 actually the appropriate sort of uh part of the funnel to work on more often than not it's 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 not the case And, and a quick example on this we we talk to lots of entrepreneurs. We talk to lots of businesses. They come to us and they say, you know, how can you help us? Uh, w- one of our questions is, okay, well, well what do you want to achieve? Um, and we spoke to, um, to an app. This was a while ago. This is kind of uh, just over 12 months ago when we started the business. And somebody came to us and said, uh, okay, we, we really want to, um, to grow the business. We, we want to hit a million downloads. And I said, okay, that's fine. Where are you starting from? And they said, well, we, we we haven't even launched yet, and he wanted to hit a million downloads in three months. And so, I sort of politely said to to the gent that you know that you should probably you should probably walk away and go and you know learn to do this yourself, learn how the product makes people tick, uh, and then come back to us when you have a bit more data. But unfortunately for him, you know his his decisions were being driven by his investors, and and that's that's not a not the right way to go if all of your listeners are you know app developers and they should be sort of intimately involved with their customers they should understand you know what what makes them tick about the app what what makes them leave the app what what don't people like um your investors are just you know they're going to want to drive for growth at totally the wrong time and i've seen businesses do that where um you know, they think that they have a, a, a perfect app and it's just about, you know, pushing money into the top of the funnel. It, don't do that, <laughs> is all I can say, <laughs> yeah. you know, and analyze your funnel, find out where the problems are and fix them. Um, and if ultimately the, the the problem is, okay, we're just not getting enough traffic now, then you can focus on, on downloads.
1: I, I mean, actually, it sounds like you've got the perfect business because everything you say, I'm pretty sure that people listening are not going to go ahead and do all that stuff because it, it's ultimately uh, very time-consuming and, and perhaps less sexy as uh, getting onto a BuzzFeed and or getting onto the uh, uh, featured uh, by Apple on the App Store and getting this ton of downloads. You know, having to wade through the user journey is just kind of, uh, I guess, like the less sexy part.
0: It's a lot of what we do isn't sexy. I mean, we love what we do because... You can you can find ways to unlock growth where where nobody else is looking, and I think a lot of uh, you know a lot of people in the growth space are they're so preoccupied with you know uh, yeah growth hacking onto product hunt or, or or finding ways to to get more people to download the app and and really I think um, I mean you know people talk about the term growth hacking I I kind of don't like the term growth hacking I think it, unfortunately it has um, sort of sp- spawned the, the wrong definition of itself, but we, we sort of look at it more more like uh, we call it growth marketing it's more it 's more of a holistic approach and it, it is very much around data analysis you have to kind of identify and, and build build your funnel understand understand how your entire product journey your entire user journey is working you know all the way from a website that pushes across to the app store all the way down to um, the you know kind of the revenue piece of the product i mean there's good old dave mcclure's pirate metrics which i'm pretty sure everybody um, knows about which is your you know your r your awareness uh activation retention referral and revenue etc um but that is a really really good place to start so i would certainly suggest there's some great videos on on youtube with uh, dave mcclure talking about pirate we we've actually extended pirate i think we now have uh, nine or ten phases of the funnel because we understand that five phases just isn't granular enough for us. So, you know, we we kind of build out um, specific events around nine or ten phases of the funnel that gives us a, a a very granular insight of what is really going on with the product and the user journey. Um, it's not sexy, you know. It's it's not sexy, but it's uh, it's fun. Nevertheless, we get to do but, some. some, some yeah. We we think differently.
1: I'm thinking of a project that I was actually working on, and it's exactly this. You know, I had um, a project that had a ton of uh, traffic to it. When you look at the analytics, huge uh, spike at the start, and then a complete dip-off. <laughs> and then uh, it just tailed off, and then and, and you lose interest after um, several weeks uh, because yeah, it's I mean, I think, not working.
0: Yeah, I I think you can actually... I mean, I've I've never actually specifically worked on a product that this has happened to, but I've read about this on occasion where you can you can accidentally get found too early. Um, and so when we when we talk with um, with with uh, businesses or, or kind of you know mobile app developers who are, who are looking to grow their product, ironically, doing app store optimization first isn't necessarily the best thing to do because if you get accidentally found and your app is not particularly good you know you, you, the old adage you only get uh, one opportunity to make a first impression if if you get you know 10 20 30 40 fifty thousand downloads incredibly quickly but the app is is pretty shitty then you've lost all of those potential early advocates and early advocates are are valuable right you want to you want to grow them and nurture them over time you you shouldn't just throw a ton of them at your product and just you know keep your fingers crossed that and pray that hopefully you know your app is going to deliver you should always start with kind of low traffic levels low user numbers there is a problem with this and you know everybody will come back to what about statistical significance what i always tell people is data is there to help you make business decisions okay Um, if you can get to statistical significance fantastic But more often than not, at the beginning of your journey, you just don't have enough data. So you have to go with your gut. You have to look at the data and you have to make decisions. So for for me, you know, when you start with, when you right at the beginning of your journey, you have some data. It's not lots, but it should enable you, it should guide you in your decision-making process. But also you should be doing lots and lots of qualitative research, lots of user polling, lots of user research. You should be jumping on video hangouts whenever you can. Um, because that's where you get that rich qualitative data to find out what people are really thinking. And so over time you can grow your user base and then yeah, you know, at some stage you can move into the realms of statistical significance and you, know, you can change the shade of green, et cetera. But I think early on when you have when you have low data levels, any changes that you make should be quite drastic because I think drastic changes uh, will, will very quickly tell you whether your change is successful or not. Um and you remember, if it's not successful, you can always rewind. You can go back and put it back to the way that it was. So um yeah, for for me, you know, start slow, grow, but make sure that the product does what you what you think it does first, and then you can start pouring traffic in the top.
1: So I hope you're enjoying this episode with Logan S Hall. Let me just thank my two sponsors. First is TopTal. Now, TopTal is all about trust. So imagine you're a client, you're going to TopTal. And you're effectively a trusted advisor and you're saying hey look we're looking for this kind of person you know we need to augment our team or we need the right person who can pick up this particular project and run with it and then you trust as the client that toptal are going to find the ideal person for you it's like the client being able to go to toptal and hand off this need you know to this wonderful network they know that toptal will go back with somebody who's great Top 3%. Think of TopTal as a luxury service, a bit like a concierge. They're finding you the best talent from their network. And from your perspective, as the client, you save enormous amounts of time. This can be tremendous value, especially now. You know, like Apple are kicking off all these apps from the App Store, and maybe you haven't got enough time and you need help updating apps. You need a great developer to work on the projects that you are currently undergoing. So, uh, there's a couple of themes uh, when TopTal start working with a startup or an enterprise. and they are. Uh, one is that they offer great talent and t- it tends to be that great talent is hard to find. And two, the other theme is, is that they find great talent typically takes a long time to get access to, you know, when especially if you're recruiting them onto your team, uh, it can take uh, you know several months. E- even if uh, in the normal recruiting process, like say an enterprise company has a huge recruiting staff, num- numerous outside recruiting agencies at their disposal, it might still take a couple of months to find great people and bring them onto their team. Well, at TopTal, you can find someone within two weeks or less. In fact, many of TopTile's clients see profiles of developers or designers within 24 hours. So to get an up to two week risk-free trial, then go to toptile.com forward slash pool. toptile.com forward slash pool. You'll be chatting with a lead developer very soon, toptile.com forward slash pool. Next is Gummy Cube. GummyCube are the world's best when it comes to App Store optimization. You are competing with millions of apps, and even though they are being trimmed now by Apple, for example, because uh, Apple are uh, going through the App Store and kicking off lots of apps that have not been updated, uh, even though you're competing with less apps, perhaps, because Apple are doing this, you're still competing with millions of apps. Now, Gummy Cube are trusted by thousands of growth marketers, thousands of developers, You can launch a campaign with them today. They have tons of uh, respected clients. Uh, Staples are probably the biggest name I can see working with them, but they've got lots of other trusted uh, companies that work with them and they have this belief that they actually do stand for something, which is accurate data, makes wise choices and delivers great results. And that's because you are using App Store intelligence rather than any web search intelligence. Using App Store intelligence makes for much better results when doing App Store optimization. So to have a chat with the guys at Gummy Cube, best go to GummyCube.com. If you do say you come from the App Guy podcast, you will be looked after by the team. So that's GummyCube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, GummyCube.com. World's best when it comes to App Store optimization. Thanks, Gummy Cube, for supporting this episode. Right, right, let's return to the episode now with Logan Stop Paul. This is fascinating, and uh, I mean, I can take this in a number of directions. One, I'm just interested how y- you would go about getting those first beta users uh, into the app. Have you got any suggestions for anyone who's who's perhaps thinking about doing this?
0: Um, oh, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of ways. Um, there's I've, I've actually I think I pushed a recent post out on our on our blog around kind of how you would. Um, how you would go about finding the the users i mean a, a really common way is um build a simple landing page okay um and you can if we i don't know whether we're talking about whether we're in closed beta or whether we're talking about open beta at this stage but let's let's just assume we're in closed beta right so create a landing page uh with an email field um and what you're effectively saying on the landing page is look this app, this amazing app is going to come, it's going to totally change your life, but we really want feedback from you first before we push this live. Um, so you, you take that landing page and you then, I mean, if we just think quite logically here, right, and we're saying, let, let, let's say that we're, we're building an app and it's relevant for um, for pet owners, right? So we, and we want feedback, we want qualitative feedback, we want user interviews from people. Let's, let's go out into communities on uh facebook really really simple example let's go into into a a facebook community for pets um, and let's test to see whether or not we can get some level of engagement so we go in we engage we talk with people we add value to conversations and then maybe after about a week or so maybe two weeks we then drop in the fact that oh by the way i've actually just created this app it's really relevant for pet owners i'd love it if all of those that have engaged with me recently would come and and you know become a beta tester, maybe jump on a video call and give me some feedback. Now, if you go into that community cold and drop a link, no one's really going to listen. But if you've gone in and you've built rapport with the community, if you've befriended some, you know, know, 20, 30, 40 of those people in that group, and you've added value to some of their conversations around pets and, you know, whatever that particular community or app is about, then you're going to pull people across the landing page. You'll convert some of them into into, uh, giving you their email address. Then you can contact them individually you know you can reach out and you can say uh, hey sarah thanks so much look i'd love to get you into a call Here, here's a link to the to the beta app um have a play and le- then let's jump on a call and you can tell me how we can make it better and so that's that's you know just a really basic example of how you can go about getting rich qualitative data right at the beginning of your journey before you're exposing it to the uh you know to the dangers of the open market where you can you know, you can pick up bad reviews very quickly, you can, you know, you can accidentally get found too quickly, uh, and lose all of those early advocates. So that's, that's the kind of way that we would look about, you know, look to kind of launch businesses. Um, Feedback very, very early. It's always good to have negative feedback right at the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay
1: yeah because i can imagine that um, that that really does drive I, I i often see this so often where uh, that people are just desperately wanting to to jump get onto the app store uh, and i've actually heard a good way is to uh, maybe launch parts of the app as standalone apps and and get all the data about these different features uh, and then you can combine that all the all the things that you've learned and and then launch your uh, you know, f- official app. Um, have you heard that as a strategy?
0: I haven't specifically heard that as a strategy, but again, I mean, it, it makes it makes sense. Kind of break, you know, break the the app down into its into its feature sets. Um, I mean, something we do at this end is we work with we have on occasion work with businesses that are it, it's that they have an idea and they're in the process of launching. And so, actually, we we've we've done um, kind of engagements, which is even even before there is an app so what we'll do again is we'll say okay this is this is an app for for pet lovers um we'll go out into those communities whether it's on facebook or google plus or wherever wherever those users might be just with prototypes right just with a mock-up just with screenshots and get into conversations and you'll be amazed at the data that you can get right at the beginning so we we run um, a lot of in-person user user testing as well so you know we'll arrange for 10 people to come in and uh, over a space of a day, and our you know our team will sit down with them and go through prototypes uh, and, and get lots and lots of rich information before you invest any time even in building anything, right? Um, so, yeah, I, as early as you can get people into your journey, and I think that entrepreneurs are terrified about sharing their idea with people in case somebody's going to copy it. Trust me, no one is going to copy it because no one cares. They only care when it takes off, but it only takes off if you have this feedback very early on. So I, I always advocate, you know, build your product with your customers um, and and, and th- th- they are your early advocates. They're the people that will share and will grow your product over the long term.
1: I mean, this is wonderful. And I, I'm actually tempted now to give uh, like a, one scenario, which is what I see all the time and warn anyone listening that this can happen. It's very easy. And the scenario is that you have this idea uh, in your bedroom, garage, wherever. You keep it closed from the world. You work on it for a year. You lend money from friends and family. And uh, you then get yourself into huge amounts of debt. uh, And then then you launch it. And it goes uh, into the App Store and it's a flop. And I've seen this so many times. uh, And so what we're learning from you uh, is that the better way is is to get lots of feedback early on even before you build the app perhaps and and just know that the problem you're solving is is worthy and and that you're going to get the attention and engagement that you uh, would justify definitely
0: yeah absolutely i mean again i've i've seen i've seen other businesses where they know that it's a mobile app that they're building but they actually build a desktop prototype and it's much quicker it's easier it's more agile they can they can make changes much more quickly they can see whether or not you know are people even vaguely engaging with this and if they get those early indicators they then invest time in building an app and submitting to the app store which takes time effort and energy and i think you know it's, it's much quicker to kind of to, to whip up a uh like a, a desktop version of the prototype um so there's lots of ways you can do you know you can do it but but ultimately it's all about investing the least amount of time effort and energy in all or, in order to validate your ideas it's all about idea validation
1: so, so, Logan, well, the last thing then really is that this is a podcast that inspires a lot of people. We've had many listeners who have uh, quit corporate jobs, uh, gone and started their own thing. Uh, and you've been running this as a co-founder. You're, you're you're running your own company effectively. And I'd love to know whether you feel like the journey has been worth it for you and the things that you've learned along the way and any advice that you can give to, to the rest of us who, who perhaps are, in that decision making of whether to jump out of university into a startup or, or whether to leave a corporate. So has it been worth it?
0: A hundred percent I I wouldn't know what to do if you dropped me in a corporate and and paid me a ton of money. I, I would I would feel really, really uncomfortable, I think. Um I think one of the things about startups, you know, some people find it scary, some people find it exciting is the ability to make decisions and make change very, very quickly. I mean, to give you some context, this is my, uh, fourth business. Now, uh, I've had a combination of successes and failures. I've done very, very different businesses throughout my kind of working life. Um, I have only had what I would class as one real job, which was a a European brand manager for a sort of a, a big fashion and accessories brand. Um, But again, what what was funny is even when I was even when I was doing that job, uh, I actually tried to buy the distribution rights off the distribution company of the brand I was working on. So the entrepreneurial brain kind of (laughs) kicks in. I I get quite bored unless I unless I'm able to um, to command my own destiny, as it were. Um, So, yeah, you know, if you're if you're thinking about um, taking the leap and I think this actually ties in really nicely with this concept of validation. Right. Imagine if you took the leap. And then you launch something that flopped. That would be a really, that wouldn't be a great outcome. But imagine if whilst you're working at your corporate, you can, you can do this kind of minimum viable testing, right? You can get validation of your idea, which makes you more confident in jumping out of a corporate because by the time you jump, you're like, well, you know what? I've already got a thousand emails. I've already had conversations with people that say, this is a great idea. I've already done three iterations of my prototype. I've already had people in my beta testing and we've, you know, we've moved through several iterations of, of that product. So to me, that would, if, if I was in a corporate looking to make the jump, I would be looking for as much validation as I could get for, for cheap, right. For a quickly, like it's, it's down and dirty validation here. We're not talking about, you know, like huge swathes of data it's gut instinct, right? Like you need, you need to have, um, gut data to to satisfy your confidence to make the move so if you're gonna if you're thinking about doing it i'm gr- i'm so glad to hear it because you're already on the journey right so now it's a question saying okay what do i actually need to make the jump so to me make some mock-ups go out and talk to people uh if people say this is rubbish then listen to what they say and ask them okay well how could it be better what problems do you really have so i'm trying to address this problem you don't have that problem But you have that problem, okay. Well, let me come back to you in two weeks with another prototype. And so you have this, you can stay in this creative space for a very long time until eventually you find a solution to a problem that is real, that it doesn't just exist in your head, uh, that other people share. And then that gives you the confidence to say, you know what, I'm ready to step out now. I'm ready to get out and do this and start uh, building building a product, uh, start raising funding if that's what you need. Um, and start on your on your startup journey
1: well I tell you, you just reminded me why I do this podcast what a fascinating uh, story and um, definitely inspiring so uh, I guess uh, the, the best thing to do is for um, everyone listening if you do want to um, look at the show notes it's uh, episode 491 just go to the appguide.co theappguide.co and Logan how best can people reach out and connect with you what's the best way of getting in touch
0: um yeah, Twitter, pretty good. So it's it's at Logan J E Hall. Um so L O G A N J E H me say that again to get it right. L O G A N J E H A L L. Um, that's probably the best way. Uh you can I'm on LinkedIn again, Logan S. Hall, uh, I'm on Google Plus, I'm I'm on everything ultimately, or you can connect with us through um directly through the website, which is uh, rebelhack.com. Um I'm pretty accessible, um, which uh, yeah, my my note my phone doesn't doesn't stop buzzing telling me I've got notifications on every single platform. But I get back to everybody, I talk to everybody. I'm fascinated to hear people's journeys, you know. I'm I'm the, I think I'm the definition of, a, of, of an extrovert. Like I get my energy from other people, so I'm I'm fascinated to hear what other people are doing, how they're doing it. We can share ideas. You can educate me, right? I don't know everything. <laughs> I'm learning as well. Like, but you know, we're validating our ideas and our services as we go. So um, definitely reach out. I'd love to hear from all of your listeners. Um, and yeah, if you've got ideas or you have questions, fire them away. And you know, if we've got if we've got experience, maybe I can write a post on it and, and share it with your share it with your listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you start a podcasting service, uh, then, you know, in terms of like how to uh, optimize a podcast, you've given me loads of uh, ideas. And, you know, what's been really, really refreshing is that in a lot of these episodes, we've never really touched on and and emphasized the points that you made in this episode. So it's just wonderful to be reminded of like how to build a successful business. Logan, thanks for coming on the show and, and really all the best with Rebel Hack.
0: Thank you so much for having me and uh, yeah, um, all the best. This is uh, it's a great podcast and I'm, I'm uh, stoked to be part of it. Thank you very much.
1: So thank you, thank you to Daniel Berthner for setting that introduction up with Logan Estop Hall. Uh, it was a listener who introduced me and I love those chats because uh, it, we just get great value. So if you have a network of CEOs, startup founders and you think someone would make a great guest please do get in touch with me. Let me know who you're thinking of introducing me to and then I'll have a look at them and uh, if it's appropriate, we'll get them on the show. And it really does help uh, us find some great, Uh, uh, valuable speakers who perhaps are not trying to sell us things are not trying to market stuff but actually just provide great value and that's what I'm looking for because we're all on a journey and I want to get some great founders that we can learn from so if you're like Daniel Bethner and you have a contact as good as Logan then please do email me paul at the paul at the appguide.co who you were thinking about and then let me know and we can get this set up it's really easy and All of my guests love the experience. So do something great. Set me up with a great founder, a great CEO. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. And I look forward to getting another one to you shortly.